Welcome to the Johnny Hot Socks Show, hosted by Johnny Hot Socks, a podcast exploring the success stories of inspirational and influential people across industries. Now, here's your host, Johnny Hot Socks. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. So I'm really pumped for today's guest. Uh, his name is Jamie Mraz, someone who has climbed the ranks as an NFL strength and conditioning coach and trainer, working with Browns, Bengals, Giants, and Jets, but really now has taken what he's learned in the NFL to make an impact on corporate professionals and businesses nationwide. So Jamie is currently a corporate mental skills coach who teaches leadership skills, teamwork tactics, and overall mindset to transform both companies and individuals. Throughout this episode, we're going to touch on Jamie's career in the NFL, his biggest moments throughout those years, things that he has learned from veterans in that field, and what transition has been like out of sports and into the business world. Jamie, Jamie, so pumped to have you on the show. Uh, thank you so much for making time to do this. Really pumped to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited too. I mean, you're, you're the li- living legend. I can't no. believe I'm, I can't believe I, I wish I was in a room, but I'm, you know, <laughs> through the video, I live in legend. <laughs> Likewise. So I may as well just get it right into it. So let's go back all the way to Merrimack. You're in school. Your passion football is huge. What's life looking like at this point in time? Like where's your head at and it was crazy. So Merrimack was an interesting time for me. Um, I, I knew, so I, I was in kind of like this performance major. It wasn't even a real major at Merrimack. Um, it was athletic training. Um, so I was in athletic training, but I knew I didn't want to be a trainer. Um, but coming out of high school, I didn't know. So I'm like, oh, I want to be an athletic trainer thinking, you know, exercise. And I wanted to do that because I wanted to get better. I wanted to play. And I knew if I wanted to play in college or, you know, eventually the NFL, then I'd have to work out. I'd have to get bigger, faster, stronger. Um, So it was kind of like a selfish major where I'm like, it's interesting. I want to learn about it. I want to help myself. Um, But when I got there, I'm like taping ankles. And I'm like, this isn't really what I want to do. I know it's not what I want to do. But what do I want to do? And I was kind of just like floating, you know, I just, I had no idea really what was going on. I was playing football. I was kind of just weird. I was kind of quiet. You know, I, um, I walked around with a gallon jug. I remember some of the older guys were like, dude, you got to lose the jug. And I'm like, and I literally was like, I don't care about you. Like, I don't, I need me. Like, I don't need you. Yeah. I'm, don't, I'm not going to listen to you, you know? Um, so I was, I was very un, uncoachable, uh, freshman, <laughs> you know, at Merrimack, I just had no idea what I was doing. I was just trying to figure it out, but I was like trying to figure it out on my own. Like, I'm like, I don't need help. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, but I loved, loved playing football, loved working out, loved, um, just being there. I was like, you know, wearing sweats all day. It was living the life, you know, going to class in my sweatsuit seven days a week. So I know when you were Merrimack, I mean, like NFL was the dream. Let's, let's, let's get that out of the way. Like that was like the oh, yeah. dream. That was the focus. I know you like, you mm-hmm. were just a gym rat, just gym, jig, yeah. gym jugs, just crushing water, crushing work. When you see a guy walking over a gallon of water, you know, he's a meathead. I was just like, all I want to do is lift weights and play football. Yeah. I don't care about anything else. To take it to the next level, which is a huge focus. I think like once you get to college and like, there's obviously more things to do, but like, you're like just straight focus. Like what, what can I do to get better and better and better and, to, you know, achieve that goal. And then you tore your ACL third game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So once that happened, like, what, where was your mindset at? Like, how were you dealing with that? It was bad. Um, it was bad. You literally get like when you're an athlete and you get injured, um, you know, depending on the structure. So it's a, it's a D2 school, you know, it's not, you're, it's just the, the environment, you're like isolated. You're kind of, you go from being in a locker room, practicing every day, film meetings, all this stuff with a group of guys all the time to now you're just by yourself. 
um, the rehab was off campus um, surgery. You know, I was by myself. I, I remember I lost a ton of weight because when I, I had my surgery, I went back to campus probably five days after. I lost a ton of weight because I couldn't go to the cafeteria and get food because I can't carry a tray and use crutches at the same time. Yeah. And I was such a weirdo that I didn't really make a lot of friends because like, <laughs> I had friends on the team, but like, I, I wasn't going to be like, can you get me? And this is before I didn't have a phone where I could like text people. Like I didn't. And so I, I would just was in my room all day, every day. I literally like, I, I don't know if you remember these big, like five pound bags of like EAS protein, like Brady Quinn was like the spot. Yes. I literally, oh God. I would literally drink. I was like drinking like 12 protein shakes a day. And that was like all <laughs> I had. Like I didn't eat anything. I, I would go to the gym and work out. Like I would do some like stuff at the gym. I'd go to rehab and I would just like drink protein shakes. Like I didn't eat. I lost a ton of weight. Um, I was very isolated. It was a, it was a weird time. Um, but I was motivated. I'm like, I want to get back. And I, I didn't really listen to the PT people. They'd be like, don't do this. And I'd be doing it. Cause I'm like, I'm strong enough. You know, I'm going to get my leg better. Yeah. Um, so it was a real interesting time. And then, um, in that my sophomore, like spring, um, you know, and, and into fall camp, you know, started playing again, you know, started getting involved in the team, but I knew at that point, I'm like, okay, you know, probably not going to play in the NFL. Let's be, let's be realistic here. (laughs) Would love to get there. Not going to be on the field. Um, How can I get there? And I can remember watching, um, it was a, it was a playoff. It was the NFC AFC um, game. And the, there's four teams, right. Playing against each other. There's two in the AFC, two in the NFC, three out of the four teams had coaches from Springfield college. And I just remember that like really stuck out to me because I'm like, where's Springfield College? I'm like, I got recruited there. Like that's, you know, that's right up the road. Um, and I'm like, how that's right here. That's in my backyard. Why am I not there? You know? Uh, and it, originally it was because it, I wanted to go to Merrimack. It was a higher division. It was better football, you know? And I was like, I wanted to go there. Um, so I started kind of investigating into what it looks like to transfer. Um, and I have no idea really one of my, so one of my best, best friends, still best friend, Shane, um, we hated each other freshman year and then ended up becoming closer. We both played linebacker and I kind of talked to him about it. He was kind of lost in his major. He was in a business major. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and we just kind of talked about it. And, um, and actually there, there was a coach at Merrimack who just came to Merrimack he, from Springfield and he was fantastic. Like he was awesome. And I remember being like, wow, he's really smart. Like where'd he go? He went to Springfield. And I was like, okay, maybe there's, you know, something to this. So I started looking at transferring. We drove out to Springfield, met the coaches, met the admissions people, you know, kind of did the whole thing. Um, and again, with no real guidance, like yeah. I, I didn't like call my mom and be like, Hey, I'm thinking like, we just started like researching it. And, yeah. um, and yeah, just kind of went out on a limb and, and transferred, but we transferred, we both had this focus, like football is now kind of like taking a back seat. It's yeah. like, now it's about, it's about, but we need to get to business. Like if we want to get to where we want to get to, we need to focus and we need to be about our business. And it's not so much um, about like living the dream of playing football and being a student athlete. It's now like I have my target set on the NFL. I'm like, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going to go. That's how I'm going to get there. And it's going to be through Springfield. Um, so it was kind of at a, I guess at an early age where I was just kind of got this like determination, like I need to, I don't know how, I don't know how I want to be successful. I want to be great. I don't know how, but I'm going to get there. Like I, I literally have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to get there. That's, I, mean, I still think it's insane. So you, you finish, you know, you're finishing Springfield. I mean, I gotta be curious. Like how do you, how do you 
get into the NFL? Like, who did you, how did you, what kind of connections? how did you make those connections? How did that all? So um, Dr. Thompson is uh, one of the professors over at Springfield. And I remember um, when I first came in, they just built this whole new indoor facility. They built a huge like strength conditioning facility, um, all this stuff. And I remember walking to his office and he had like a, a picture of him standing on the field uh, in Indianapolis at the Colts. And I'm like, who's that? And he's like, and, and again, I have like <laughs> no idea what I'm doing. I'm just like, NFL picture in the NFL. Well, who's that? Like you yeah. have a picture on the field, so you must know somebody in the NFL. So who is that? <laughs> like, tell me who that is. And um, he's kind of talking about, uh, you know, he's just tell me who it is. And um, it was him with one of the, he was a guy that went to Springfield. He's coaching in Indianapolis. And, um, and I just started asking him, I'm like, well, who else, you know, coaches in the NFL and, uh, and we're just going through it. And he's kind of telling me all these people. And then, and this is the craziest thing. So um, I needed to, I needed like an internship. Um, and so I wrote a letter, a handwritten letter and mailed it out to New Jersey to Jerry Palmieri. Um, literally like an, an email, not a phone call, not a <laughs> tag. A I, wrote, I wrote a letter um, and I put like my phone number on it and stuff like that and like mailed him a letter and was just like, I'm like it's, I, and for some reason in my head, I'm like, I won't be able to get into New England the Patriots like they don't let anybody in you know so I didn't even try honestly I didn't even try I was just like, closed off New York yeah I'm like I, I can you know get to New York and close by um and in the meantime so obviously I'm like chances of me getting an NFL internship are pretty small so you know in Springfield you have to do these internships um and you have to be done by a certain period and the NFL ones don't start till April because that's the season is different than college so um I was like, the chances, this is kind of like a, a wild shot. I'm like, let me just send it out there. Um, in the meantime, this is how like lunatic I am. I wanted to work with football, but I wanted to work at also the highest level of athletics, BC, right? Yep. But BC, so Russ is the director at Boston College. He went to Springfield. So I'm like, I have a connection into, into Boston College, but he works with Olympic sports. Football is separate. So I'm like, damn, I want to work at the highest level, which is Boston College around here. There's no big schools, you know, it's only Boston College. Um, so I'm like, that's my only shot. So I, but I want to work with football. So Russ is friends with the guy at Harvard. And, and Tim Mullen, the assistant at Harvard, went to Springfield. So I reach out and I interview and I do a double internship. So I go, I, I wake up at, at three in the morning to drive into Harvard to be there by whatever it is, four, 4.30. Um, we're starting to set up everything. Football starts at five. So like we're there bright and early, whatever. After football, I work out and then I go to BC and do the second half of the day at Boston College. So working with baseball, hockey and hockey, this is like their national championships, um, their baseball, their soccer team, everything. So getting great experience, but doing a double internship. And I, I'm like to myself, I'm like, all right, everyone, all these other, and this is my thinking, all these other losers are doing one internship. I'm like, I'm going to do two <laughs> so I can stand out. Now when I send it out, I'm like, I did two internships. Like I have more experience. I worked with a division one football team. I worked with hockey, basketball, all this stuff. Um, so I do that the whole spring, just praying that I get a call from the NFL team. I'm like, please, somebody, you know, reach out to me. Um, so I'm, you know, doing that whole internship, doing that whole thing. It's an absolute grind. You're, you know, you're tired and you're putting in the work. And, and that's one thing that I will say, like, yeah, I wanted to set myself apart. But like, I wasn't just calling people asking for help. Like I was working my ass off um, just because I knew I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I need to 
Awesome. You need to do well. Like, I don't know hustle. how. Double internship. I love that. that, that that's insane. Uh, I'm like, I don't know. I just need to like, I, and I have no idea where it came from. I have no idea why I have this chip on my shoulder. I have no idea why I just want, I just like want to. I'm like, I can't not, there's no fail. Like I just have to do it. Um, so I'm going through that whole process and, and all of a sudden towards the end of the spring, I'm like, all right, I need a job. <laughs> what, what am I going to do? And, um, at this point, so I can remember I'm, I'm sleeping. Uh, it's probably like a Saturday morning and the NFL schedule is crazy. You're, you know, it's all over the place. You don't know what day it is. It's seven <laughs> days a week. And I get a call from Jerry. I get this 401 number on my phone. I get a 401 number and I'm like, I'm like 401. I'm like, I have no idea who this is. I'm laying in bed. I'm like, hello? He's like, Jamie, yeah, this is Jerry Palmieri from the New York Giants. And I'm like, I jump out of bed and I go outside. I'm in my boxers. And I went outside because I didn't want anyone to listen to me Yeah, talk. yeah, yeah. Like, I'm weird. Like, I'm like, I don't want anyone to listen to me talk because I'm like, I don't know. I might be good. I might be bad. Yeah. I'm going to go outside. So I'm, out, <laughs> I'm, I'm standing out front of the house talking to Jerry on the phone because I didn't want anyone to hear me. Um, and he's like, you know, we don't have any positions available, but I, you know, I'm, I'm glad you reached out. And this is months after, like, this is way after, um, he's like, thank you for reaching out. Here's my contact information. Let's stay in touch. Um, and then he, and he kind of interviewed me. He's like, what's your, what's your theory on this? What do you think about this? What are your thoughts on this? And like, again, I honestly, I couldn't tell you what time it was. I was still in bed, so I don't know. Um, but he just starts drilling me with questions and then he's like, let's stay in touch, you know, whatever. So I'm like, okay. So I write down all of his info. Um, and what I do is I start kind of like pinging him. Like I just, every couple of weeks, I just reach out. Hey, I got a question about this. I got a question about that. Let me pick your brain. This guy's been, he's the top NFL, one of the NFL coaches, been in the NFL for years, works with coach Coughlin, you know, just tons and tons of was with Jacksonville, just so much um, longevity. So I'm like, let me ask him questions. So um, I got this opportunity down in Louisiana and I asked him, uh, I called him and I asked his opinion. I'm like, Hey, what do you think? You know, Southeastern Louisiana, what should I do? And he tells me, don't take it. <laughs> I'm like, Dude. I'm like, beggars can't be choosers. I'm like, what do you mean? Don't take it. He goes, you should wait for a bigger school, like a bigger opportunity. You should go to Oklahoma or Ohio State. You know, you should reach out to those guys. Um, and I'm like sitting there. I'm like, I've sent down a million applications. I've sent stuff out to Oregon, Michigan, um, all this stuff. And like, I haven't gotten anything back. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, this is a Springfield connection again. Yeah, Springfield, Springfield. Coach just got a job at Southeastern, needs help. And Dr. Thompson thought of me first. He referred my name. Why? Because when Shane and I went to Springfield, we were busting our balls. We were getting all A's. We were working our butt off, um, doing all these internships, like just working stand, to stand out. So what happened? You do all that for maybe an opportunity to stand out. This coach calls him. He gives him my name. Yeah. Like, but he gave him three names. So it's not like just me. I had to beat, beat out these other guys too. Um, so it's like you do all this hard work. It doesn't guarantee you anything. You just might get an opportunity to interview. So um, I, and I love that saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I'm like, it's 50-50 yeah. because who you know gets you an opportunity. But if you don't know anything, yeah. no one, they're going to laugh at you. So yeah. I, I got an opportunity to interview um, and ended up getting the job offer. And Jerry's like, don't do it. Go somewhere <laughs> better. And I'm like, go somewhere better. I'm like, there's nowhere else to go. I'm going to be at home, you know? Um, so regardless, I don't take his advice and I just take it. And the reason I took it was because I literally went online and I started looking at all these coaching rosters in the NFL. Um, and I started to look at where these guys came from. 
And I'm like, did they all go to huge schools? And like, there's one like Western Missouri State. And I'm like, okay, that's one. He made it. <laughs> and I see another one, like this division two school, this coach. And I'm like, he made it. I'm like, why can't I? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to Southeastern and, and um, just stay in touch. But the biggest thing was really just like staying in touch and talking to people and knowing that like, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes years. I didn't get, I didn't get a job with the Giants. I think it was like three or four years after I first made contact with Jerry. So it doesn't happen like very quickly. And that's what people think like, Oh, I, they'll send you a message on Instagram <laughs> and then they expect like a job like next week. And it's like, it takes time. Exactly. I'll keep you in mind. If we talk and we stay in contact, you'll be in my mind, but it's not like something that just happens that quick. Um, so it took years um, before, but it, it, a lot of it was, I don't even know what, what we started talking about. I don't even know how we got on this. But. Well, how did you get into the NFL initially? Yeah. How did you make the connection? So I think on that one, you just kept in touch. I mean, most people would say, Oh, that's a cool. Great one phone call. And they're like, just wait, wait, wait. But like, you can't just wait for things to happen in life. You have to go do it. Like that's just the. And my and my first position was with the Jets. So this, I've been talking about the Giants. The first position I ever had was with the Jets. How did that happen? Ready, Russ from BC, Israel guy. <laughs> when he went to school, or he went to, he coached with this other coach, Bill. Um, I want to say they were both. It was uh, one of the Ivy League schools. They worked together when they were younger. Bill is the director of strength conditioning for the Jets. Russ thought I did a good job. So I, this is the craziest thing I used to do. So New York is a couple hours away, right? It's pretty close. I had a friend, Shane lived in Queens. So I'd literally drive out to Queens and I'd go to New Jersey and I'd go visit these guys like out of the blue. And I'd be like, Hey, I'm just in the area. (laughs) In reality, I made that trip to go see them. I'm not in the area. I'm never in the area. When are you ever (laughs) driving through Forum Park, New Jersey? Never. So I I talked to Russ and I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be out in New York. You think you could put me in touch with your friend from the Jets? And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll put you in touch with him. So I'm, I drive out to Forum Park using MapQuest, printing out instructions on MapQuest. Cause this is before, like I didn't have a GPS. I didn't have a phone. No ways, no ways. So, no ways. This is before ways. So I literally print out MapQuest. Like you take the wrong turn on MapQuest. You got to go back. There's That's no reason. Hour, two hours. It's on paper. Yeah. It's on ink. It's in ink. So. Um, I, I use MapQuest. I get out there and I, and as I'm driving to New Jersey, I call Jerry. Hey, I'm in the area. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm down visiting the Jets. So now he's like, Oh shit, Jamie's visiting the Jets. Like, what are you doing visiting the Jets? So I'm like, Hey, I'm visiting the Jets. Um, you know, you mind if I, if I could swing by and say hi. So he's like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So literally just come by and say hi <laughs> for like five minutes. Hey, <laughs> Now you know my face, you know, like we've been talking, we've been pen pals, you know, we've been writing letters and talking on the phone. Like, like now notebook. You know me. Yeah, exactly. The notebook. Now I'm like, now you know my face. Like, this is who I am. You know, I'm, I'm six foot, 225. I can, you know, I'm a cool guy. Uh, so it was, it was just funny. But yeah, that's the type of stuff that I did that I'm like, when people expect, oh, if you network, or if you do this, I'm like, no, you have to put in the work. Like, I legit, I don't drive through New Jersey ever. It's <laughs> just I'm casual. Like, yeah casual i'm like i'm not doing anything for the next couple of days i'm gonna drive to new york and try and visit these guys like hey just stopping by to pick up some groceries you know <laughs> so yeah i mean that's how that's how it worked and then and then when i was in louisiana every like week or two every two weeks probably maybe probably once or twice a month i would call um bill and jerry and i would ask them questions because now i have my own team um i had my own groups i had everything and i just asked them their advice i'd be like hey what do you think about this Hey, I'm working with a baseball player. This happened. What do you think? And I'd pick their brain and they'd tell me what they think. And now it, it works from two ways. So I'm learning, but they're also learning about me and they're, they're getting to know me. And they're like, 
I know he thinks like me because I've been teaching him these things. Um, so that, that was, that's how I did it. I mean, just talk to people, be patient and then do the extra stuff that other people aren't willing to do like drive out to New Jersey for no reason. That's incredible. I get nervous driving. I mean, I couldn't even imagine driving, let's say 20 years ago, hypothetically, or 10 without, I use Waze all the time. I don't care if it's like 10 minutes away. I need Waze. I need it. I need maps. I'm not good with like anything. Um, I do. I do the same. I literally put in, and and I almost feel bad sometimes because I'm like, I depend so much on this. Need it. What would happen like if I had to go back to MapQuest where you type in two addresses and print it out? Print me on everything all day. I would I'd probably have to Uber everywhere. I wouldn't, I just wouldn't know how to drive anywhere. Um, so your first opportunity was with the jets. Yeah. So how did that, like you so, said, I mean, I know the background of it. So let's get, you get the call from so-and-so mm-hmm. and what, what kind of, what's going through your mind? I mean, that's a huge, huge achievement. Um, it was, it was, it was cool. I was super excited. Um, and I think one of the questions we were talking about where you're like, what's like the most memorable moment ever Um, and it was actually with New York. I can remember, uh, we went and played Pittsburgh and I I remember during the national anthem, I was standing on the sideline and Pittsburgh, it's all yellow. All the seats are yellow, everything. And I just remember like looking around and I, and I started like tearing up. I'm like, like I did, like I'm here. Like, how did I get here? Like I did it. And I'm just like, I just remember that to me is like the number one moment, um, that sticks out to me forever. Um, is that first like game in, in, in uh, Pittsburgh, um, just looking up at the stadium and just standing there and just taking it in and, and really taking a moment to be like, embrace this moment. Like you're going to remember this. And I tried to do that every single game, every national anthem. I just remember just take it in and just look around and be like, damn, like, this is pretty cool. Um, so that to me was like the number one moment that ever in the NFL is, is Pittsburgh. I love, I love Pittsburgh. It forever has like a spot in my heart. Um, and then even playing in Cincinnati and, and Cleveland, like Pittsburgh's your rival. And I just loved, they have a great staff. They have a great culture. Um, I mean, they're just, it, some of the coaches I still connect with in Pittsburgh, just cause I'm like, to me, when I was in the NFL, I was like Pittsburgh or new England would be a dream. If I could work in either of those franchises, just because of like, I'm like, if I could ever work in Pittsburgh, it would just be like a dream come true. Um, and so, yeah, it's just the, those, the, those two like franchises, I feel like just have a spot in my heart. So, I mean, I was talking about all the teams, like what was it like yeah. working with some of the best coaches and athletes? Mm-hmm. Um, you just learn a lot. So coach Coughlin, I, I try to, I took so much from coach Coughlin. Um, he, I mean, you just talk about a guy that's just been doing it for so long, worked with Parcells, worked with Belichick, like worked just Super Bowls and just consistency. And um, so this is how, again, you want to have a lunatic, like you just something wrong with me. So um, I'm working in New York and uh, this is this, this like broke me. This like made me into like the 5am crew. This is where, yeah. this is where it got started. Um, so I'm, I'm working in New York and one morning so the schedule is packed and sometimes you don't have time to work out so i went in one morning at like 4 45 um and i was going to start my workout at five and i see coach coughlin working out and i'm like jesus i'm like what time is it like this guy's already here <laughs> so so i i work out i'm like hey you know hey coach like put hey, my head down you know, how's it going like i'm taking notes but don't see me like admiring you um so i um i work out and then uh like a couple of days later Jerry comes up to me. He's like, Hey, coach wants to know why you can't work out in the morning anymore. Like, you're not, 
you can't do it. You're not tough enough. You can't get up in the morning. And, and he said it as a joke, but he's like, but I'm like, okay. So coach Coughlin saw me working out and then he called me out for not coming in the next day. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, game on the rest of the year. Every day I got up, I lived like 30 minutes from the facility. I'd wake up at three 30 in the morning, drive in, I'd get there by 4am. I'd turn the music on. We'd listen to Tim McGraw probably every day. Uh, Tim McGraw greatest hits. If I, if I like play that album, I can sing every song like front <laughs> to back. Uh, he likes country music. So every morning I'd come in, I'd turn the lights on, I'd get the radio on. So when he came in, everything was ready. Was ready. Radio was on, the music was on, the lights, everything. Um, I knew, you know, I know what his routine is. I know everything. So, and I'd work out with him. Now we wouldn't work out together. Yeah. We just work out at the same time. <laughs> Good morning, you know, whatever, pretty, you know, whatever. So do that the whole season. I'm dead. Like I'm, I'm dead. I don't know how he does it. And there'd be mornings where I'd pull up and I'd see his car outside. And I'm like, how is he beating me here? Like, how's he getting here before me? You know, it's three forty-five in the morning. How's he here? Come to find out he sleeps in his office half the week. So his car's there all night. So he's sleeping in his, in his office. So there's no way I'm going to beat him. Cause I'm not, I don't have a bed in, you know what I mean? I'm like, where am I going to sleep on the, on the bench press? It's just a um, walk away. Yeah. No. But I mean, it, it like broke me down. I remember being so tired and like waking up in the morning and being like, what the hell? Cause then you're working all day. There's no time to take a nap. I get home at nine o'clock and it's like, you got to wake up the next day. So I remember that was a huge moment for me. Like that season was so hard and I was so tired and, um, just every day, day in and day out. And um, it was awesome. It was a really good learning experience, but it definitely like taught me, like you can do things that is very uncomfortable. <laughs> like I'd be so tired, but I'd still go, you know, still going and I don't drink coffee. So I'd be like, I don't drink anything like that. Like I don't, yeah. I don't like caffeine. So I'm like, I was just like off of literally just waking up and being like, go, you have to do this. Like coach Coughlin's going to make fun of you. If you don't go, so go. Just calling you. Uh, I think that's why just calling you out. Yeah. Well, well, it ended up paying off because at the end of the year, so like we had an okay season, but we were out of the playoffs. So at the end of the year, like last couple of weeks, all of a sudden in the end of December, a couple other coaches started coming in at like, and they'd, they'd show up at like, you know, 530. They'd come in and like, it's early. They're, they're working out early, like the 5am crew. I'm like, we're the 4am crew. <laughs> so they come in and he looks at me and he's like, he's like, Danny, what are these guys this? doing here? Yeah. He's like, you got, you guys haven't been here all year. Why are you going to start now? And I felt so good because I'm like, that's right. I'm like, you guys are like us. So <laughs> it was just a cool moment to and like to finally be like, hey, you know, they're not like us. I'm like, they're not, they're not tough enough, you know. So um that was a pretty cool, that was a very hard experience. And but again, like the things that stuck with me um from him, tons of Abraham Lincoln quotes. He's a huge quote guy. Um, I tried to every meeting I would write down so many notes. Um, but there was one quote that they had up in the hallway and it was like, you know, if I have to cut down a tree, it's an Abraham Lincoln quote, I'll spend six hours to cut down a tree. I'm going to spend four hours sharpening my ass. All about preparation. And um, that really stuck with me uh, and, and benefited me later on getting jobs and getting opportunities because of the preparation I put in um, of studying the coaching staff, studying the team, studying the history of the team. Um, you know, going to interview with the Bengals, like when you go to talk um, with Katie, that, you know, the owner's daughter, like knowing like the history of the team and knowing her father, her grandfather, where they came from, how they did it. And like just showing, you know, that, that type of stuff, that preparation, I think really benefited me. And I learned that from Coach Coughlin, just putting the work, you have to prepare, you have to, um, you know, know everything, do everything you can, you know, try to flip over every stone and um, things like that really stuck with me uh, from him specifically. Uh -huh. 
So what things do you take away from each team? I mean, I, all four different organizations. So what, what things did you uh, learn, take away, and then kind of? It's really interesting. Like the NFL is a big kind of copycat league, I guess. Um, a, lot, a lot of people do things similarly. Like that's the thing that where everyone's like, oh, this team's a bad team. That team's a bad team. I'm like, there's no bad teams. Like in college, you'll see um, Texas or LSU playing some Division three school, you know, week one or one double A school that like, you know, you don't even want to go to the game because it's going to be a blowout. There's no games like that in the NFL. Every team is good. Even week 17, you have a, a, a one win team is putting up a fight and losing by three points. You know, yeah. um, every team, uh, it, it's hard to really point out like what I took specifically from each team. Um, but I will say a lot of organizations are very similar. Um, and I think it came from more like personal growth. Um, if I'm, if I'm thinking specifically like each chapter, each team was like a different chapter and it's like, what, how did I grow personally? Um, and you know, in terms of focus, you know, like, what am I focused on? What am I, what are my goals? Where am I trying to go? Um, and your goals as you go through life, um, like people talk about having a why or like, like, know your why you have to be in your why changes. You know, yeah. your why changes. I wanted for so long, I, a goal of mine was to become a GM. I wanted to be the first like non-football coach, head coach or general man. Like I really wanted to do that. And I'm like, that's something I'm going to do. But then as I was in it and I started seeing what life was like, because you might want to do something. You might want to go and do mortgages. You might want to go and do this. But if you don't actually know what it's like, a lot of people want to work in the NFL. Like, bro, like at all. <laughs> you have no idea you don't stand a chance you don't you want to go you also want to go have christmas morning like there's no such thing as christmas morning there's no such thing as thanksgiving there's you're watching football on thanksgiving like so that's the thing where a lot of people um and for me myself specifically too like you want something but then when you realize the sacrifice and the lifestyle it might not be what you want um but yeah it's like really each each chapter you know you just have a different focus different growth you know different internal growth so touch so, so, so back actually on the holidays so like what was like what was it like i mean I, you're a young kid mm-hmm. i mean first off like what was it like being around players i mean like like i have fantasy football i have a team and like you know if i see like a, a you know the tom brady if i saw him in person i don't even know what i would do i'll go nervous <laughs> you're playing with people i mean you're, you're around yeah. people and you're training people that are like legitimate like, i mean they're huge they're superstars what was it like, be, like just being around that in the beginning and like each team obviously had different superstars. Like, what was it like? That would have been. You can't, you're also a superstar. Yeah. You're also a coach in the NFL. You're also one of the, like, you can't be like a, a, um, a groupie. You can't be, yeah. <laughs> you got to be cool. Cause honestly, everywhere they go, people treat them like, you know, okay. so you have to just be cool. Like just, Treat them like one of the guys, you know, it's just one of the guys. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, you just got to be cool. <laughs> be, act calm, be cool. Yeah, um, your first year, they're probably like, Oh, Hey, well, hi, I'm doing I'm Jamie. Nice to meet you. I'm just, but I think, you know what, like you were already talking to like big time coaches prior to that. So yeah. I think you were kind of like a little bit groomed into it, but I, I would have been going nuts. Well, even in college, like some of these college, like uh, Juice, I don't know if you know Juice, he's the fullback for um, the 49ers, uh, Joe Switz or something, I don't even know his full name, but his name is Juice, he's played at Harvard. So like, I coached him his freshman year. You know, there's guys like, there's, yeah. when you're at BC, you know how many of those BC hockey players are right now currently still playing in the NHL? Yeah. So it's like, 
you're still dealing with these guys. Um, even at, at Boston College, how many um, Reggie went and played in the NBA, like different guys that go on to um, play at the next level. So um, it, it's, it's definitely like awe moments for sure. Um, but you have to just kind of like you have a job to do and you have to be focused on your job. You can't be worried about, uh, you know, <laughs> staying talking to Eli. You know, it's like you have to be like, I have a job to do. I have to do my job. Um, and it's not about, uh, you know, this guy or it's not about being cool. Like being cool yeah. isn't cool. Like what's cool is being the man and like yeah. being successful is cool. So it's like do your job and figure it out and do a good job. And then you're going to keep growing and you'll have an opportunity to be the cool guy once you're in that position right now, you just got to do your job. Um, so that was kind of like my mindset always was just like, you know, act like one of the guys be cool. And again, like if you look back at how I was at Merrimack, like I'm like too, like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm trying to do it. Yeah. I got my jug. I'm hydrated. Like, <laughs> get out of here. And it's the same thing at that level where it's like, you just have to be, Hey, I'm one of the guys, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm cool. Um, but it was, there was definitely moments like when you go to play, like, you know, play in New England, in New England. I mean, that was one of my favorite pictures is in Foxborough with my family. I'm wearing a giant sweatshirt, but like I got my family behind me and I'm just like, it was one of the coolest moments of like my life um, was playing in Foxborough, you know, um, really cool moment. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, but there are like, but that's the, that's that like comfy medium where it's like smell the roses and enjoy it. You know, like I'm probably yeah. the worst rose smeller ever, but it's like, <laughs> you have to figure out a way to remind yourself, like, look around you, yeah. like, look around you, you know, like see where you are, um, which was something I was really bad at until Paige. Paige actually really helped. Shout out to Paige. Paige, shout out to Paige. Um, <laughs> she, she really, uh, she changed a lot of my, like, who I am. And um, it's just funny because, you know, obviously in the business world, there's a lot of networking and a lot of <clears throat> getting to know people and this and that. Um, but like when you're in these NFL things, um, a lot of it's like, don't trust the financial advisors. <laughs> don't trust that person. Like talk to our guy. Our guy's not going to screw you over. People are going to take advantage of you. Everyone wants a piece of you. I was super sketchy. I didn't talk to people. I would lie about what I do for work. <laughs> I wouldn't give people my name. I would like, I would be super shady. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be the guy on sports center. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy on, you know, I don't want to be the guy that gets in trouble. I don't want to be the guy that gets taken advantage of. Um, so I was super skeptical, um, super closed off. Wouldn't talk to anybody. Don't still don't even like talking about it. Like I still don't even like introducing myself like, Oh, I'm, I did this, you know, like I still don't like yeah. that. Um, so, but pages helped me kind of embrace it a little bit and, yeah. you know, use it and be like, you know, share this with people. Um, she's helped a lot with that for sure. So to keep going on that, so, I mean, you did sacrifice a ton. So like what, mm -hmm. I mean, holidays, what was it like, you know, initially going to the NFL and like, that's a huge, I mean, I'm assuming the day is, is like from dusk till dawn all, mm -hmm. every single day of the week. And, and now you're away from your family a ton. You're always on the road. What, so what was it like, like a, even on the road and playing, like what's, what's a typical, I mean, I guess like if you're going away, it's, I don't know, it's a Saturday. I mean, I don't even know what days they, the NFL players leave for the Sunday games. But let's kind of go through a weekend of like what what it, like the preparation is what what's yeah. life like. So it it depends. Um, like when I was in New York, we'd leave on Saturday, no matter what. If we're going to San Diego, if we're going to Pittsburgh, we're leaving on Saturday. Um, where when I was in um, Cleveland and Cincinnati, we would leave earlier, so we'd leave Fridays, um, which I think like New England leaves Friday to go to Seattle. So 
um, <clears throat> we would always leave a couple of days. I personally, from a personal standpoint, I like that better because it's like you get to be in the other city for like that was my favorite part of the NFL. The thing I miss the most is traveling. You get to you're sitting first class, you're riding a plane, they're giving you all the food you can think of. You get to the hotel, they got security, you're blocked off, you walk into your room, like it's just awesome. You get all the food in the world, you're in a new city, staying at the nicest hotels, you get to go out to dinner, you know. Um, I loved traveling. Traveling was probably my favorite, most favorite thing. And you catch up on sleep. So I would sleep on the plane. I'd be so tired from the week that I was, this is funny. I would always get made fun of. I would ask for a blanket and a pillow and they would have it on my seat by this. After the, after two weeks, they like, no, like, all right, Jamie wants a blanket. So I'd get to my seat. I put my headphones on. I put the blanket over my head because what (laughs) happens is guys would troll you. They'd be taking pictures of you and stuff like that. So I put the blanket over my head. So if anyone wants to take a picture of me, they got to lift the blanket. And it's going to wake me up. Yep. Um, so I'd put a blanket over my head. I'd put a pillow down and I'd sleep for the whole plane flight. No matter where it could, it could be 30 minutes to Foxborough or it could be six hours. I would sleep on the plane every single time. Um, and that's how I would like catch up on sleep. Um, I just love traveling. Traveling was the best. It was my most favorite thing. Um, and then like the team dinners, um, it's, it's just awesome. I mean, everyone, you're just hanging out. And they'll have TVs set up. So college football's on. Everyone's betting on, like, whose team. Everyone has. So, like, let's say I played football at BC and you played football at uh, Notre Dame. When BC and Notre Dame play, like, we're having a friendly well, little, you know. Yeah. yeah, so and you better hope your team's good. Um, <laughs> so, like, everyone's watching football. Everyone's hanging out. You've got team meetings. It's just a great experience. And I, I really miss – I do truly miss traveling. That's probably the one thing that I just – I really miss. I forgot what it was like to be in an airport, you know, because, like, you just – the bus pulls up to the tarmac, you walk onto the plane, you know, it's just a completely different experience. It's a different experience. Um, and that was the best, I would say like the funnest part of the NFL for sure. That's so cool. I mean, so I've seen hard knocks and they all have, they have like really good chefs. So I'm assuming the food you were eating, I mean, that was just like gourmet every day, whatever you best, want. Best food was New York Jets by far organic everything and this was before like uh, that organic kick organic came. way of the cage for you <laughs> yeah this was before that so they were like i literally breakfast every morning and i could get like a steak it was like it was just unbelievable they had the best food in new york by far the best food um it was awesome i don't know if they still do but they did oh my god and then so like i mean you know so obviously you're still on the road so i mean i mean obviously in the beginning it's like oh this is awesome like this is so cool i'm on the road i'm traveling but after a while, it's like, dude, I, you know, I miss my family. And you, you do realize that, you know, this is the cost of what I want, this opportunity cost. So what was it? I mean, like, I mean, how would you be able to see your family and friends? How did you stay in touch? How did that all work? Very small group of friends. I have like yeah. literally like four friends. Yeah. Four friends. I am tons of acquaintances. I'm good. But I have like a group of friends that like I've been friends with since kindergarten, fourth grade, like, and we're just friends. Um, they would come out every year to a game and we would have like a guy's weekend. So they would always come out. That was always a blast. They would come visit for a week. Um, but I mean like weddings, I mean, literally I was the best man. They literally changed the wedding date so that I would be able to go because wow. you only have a couple weeks in July off and and then you're back into, so it's like they would adjust their date so that I could go to the wedding. Like it's that degree of like, there's no you got to think there these are billion dollar organizations there's so much on the line it's like a wedding is and we don't care about yeah, that one we don't care about a wedding and they're hey 50 percent divorce rate like, i don't <laughs> care about the wedding there's a chance i'm not gonna last like go to the next wedding you know um 
so I mean, it was just um, obviously a ton of sacrifice there. And I never made friends in new cities. You, you know how I was in Maryland. Yeah, I didn't yeah. make any new friends. At the jog, leave me alone. Yeah, come on. I don't make friends. I, um, I, I stick to my business. I work. I go to work. I drive home. I, I call my mom. I, every day I would talk to the phone with my mom, talk with my grandparents. On Fridays, I would always, Fridays are shorter day. I'd call my grandparents on the way home. I had a pretty good routine. Um, holidays. FaceTime, Skype, whatever you can do. I mean, we would do Secret Santa at my grandmother's house and I would be in Secret Santa, but I would have mail my stuff oh. to my sister or my mom and they would unre- they would unravel it and like they would show it. And so I, I can remember in Cincinnati. So most of the coaches have family. Like most of the coaches have kids, yeah. they have wives. Um, during camp, they'll come to practices. They'll come to games. Like they'll see other people, but like I'm just a single dude, no kids. Uh, my family lives in Boston, you know, so... I was the Boston guy. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I can remember on Christmas Eve, um, <clears throat> we had practice, we're doing our thing, everyone's leaving. And I'm in the weight room, uh, sitting on the leg press machine with my phone out doing Secret Santa. So everyone's walking by with like their wives and this and that. And I'm, hey I'm literally, I'm in, the, I'm in my, my workout clothes on the leg press doing Secret Santa. Um, and it was just like, I mean, I, I, enjoy, I, I enjoyed what I did. Obviously you miss out on those moments. Um, you got people's birthdays. They're doing cookouts on, you know, Labor Day, whatever, whatever day it is. Um, marathon Monday. Never had a Marathon Monday in my life. Didn't even like, they didn't even think about Marathon Monday because we have practice. We're doing, it's during OTAs, you know? Um, I remember, yeah, it's just, so you, you do, you sacrifice a lot of that stuff. But if you love what you're doing, um, I wouldn't think twice because then the next day, like you're watching us on TV, you know? So it's like, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a labor of love and you do sacrifice a lot and that did catch up. Um, and you just kind of evaluate, like, is this a lifestyle I want to raise a family in? Or um, there's only 32 teams, so there's only so many cities you're going to live in. Like, very <laughs> limited cities. You know, where do you want to live? You don't get to pick that, really. Um, and again, like, even opportunity. I remember when I first went with the Jets, everyone's like, why are you working with the Jets? I'm like, what team are you working with? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shut the hell up. Like, you don't get to pick where you want to go. There's an opportunity, you take it. Yeah. Wow. So, um, I, one more question. So uh, I guess on, on that type of stuff. So what, like, what were your, who were your favorite NFL players like that you were training and like who you were around, like who you become like good, really good friends with throughout those years? Um, I'm, I still am in contact with a bunch of guys. I'm still friends with a bunch of guys. Um, if there's one, one person that I'm not in touch with really, but I'm like, I don't want to say starstruck, but I really enjoyed my time. Um, probably Justin Tuck. Yeah. I like, I, I love that. He's a great guy. Fantastic guy. He's like, an, I spent the whole summer with him in New York, um, working out like every day he'd come and work out and train him and work together with him. And, um, just his like perspective and just, he's just a really good guy. Notre Dame guy, you know, um, he's just a really awesome, nice, nice person. And like, dude, I don't like text him. We don't talk or anything, but he's definitely one of the people that stand out to me that like, he was like really, um, but he also has the star name, you know, it's like, yeah. there's a million guys that nobody knows about. I could list off thousands of guys that no one's ever even heard of. Um, but he's a guy that um, I really, really enjoyed my time with him. And um, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun working with him and learning from him and just, you know, um, like he, he got me into Jason Aldean, like who would you, <laughs> I didn't, li- I didn't really listen to country until I got to Louisiana. Like I kind of learned about it. And then in New York, he, showed me like Jason Aldean's awesome and like who would have ever thought of that and now I love Jason Aldean's like one of my favorite country artists so um 
just like stuff like that. Like Steve Weatherford was another awesome, just a really nice guy, you know, great guy wants to help out. And um, so it's, it's really cool. There's a lot of, a lot of really good guys out there. Um, tons of guys from Cleveland Kirk. I mean, there's so many guys. that are just Peyton Hillis. Nice and it, were you there when Peyton Hillis was uh, prominent? So I met Peyton Hillis in New York. Love he Peyton came to the Giants. So I met Peyton oh. Hillis in New York. Yeah. It's really funny. Like that's like a name that sticks out. Yeah. Peyton, hey, Peyton Hillis. In New York. Yeah. I had him on my fantasy team that year that he was like just a monster. And I remember yeah. like I was watching uh, the, the, the face of the Pats. I was watching upstairs. My dad said, dad, this guy's like, this guy's going to crush it today. The, the Cleveland's going to win. He's like, no, they're not. Who's this guy? I said, dad, this is Peyton Hillis. Like, he, he's been 40 a week for me in fantasy. He's taking me to the championship. I won that year. Peyton Hillis had like 50 points against the Pats. He hurdled one. He hurdled over a player for a touchdown. Just they just gave him the ball. Here you go. He had the most incredible season I've ever seen. Is that is that the game where um, Brady scored 14 points in the last two minutes to win the game? Like the Browns were winning. It was okay, like so maybe 20, I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> no, no, it was like 27-13. Like because it was. I, I'm pretty sure it was Peyton Hillis. Um, I think it was Josh Gordon. Like they were tearing it up against the Pats, and then. Literally, okay, Tom I'm, Brady I'm, scores. I won in my fantasy team. You won in your fantasy team. Yeah, yeah. Browns did not beat the Patriots. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> but um, Peyton but, put on it. I think he, yeah. he did like three to four touchdowns. He had, he had a lot of touchdowns. He was just pushing yeah. things in, yeah. and it was just uh, like that's one play I'm like I you know starstruck. And then did you were you in the Jets when uh, Brett Favre was uh, in that uh, facility? No, no. Oh, um, love Brett Favre. Oh, Tim Tebow. Uh, Ooh, Matt Tebow. Um, uh, Mark Sanchez, um, I'm trying to think of his name, Landry, uh, the safety with 44-inch biceps, uh, <laughs> huge. Um, Bart Scott was awesome. He was wow. there. There's a, a ton, of, again, like New York, ton of great guys. Yeah. Like, Bart is still, like, now he's on TV and stuff, but, like, I can still, I remember he bought, Bart, he bought us all barbecue one day during camp, just went out and bought everyone a bunch of food, and, like, oh. Bart was a, just a nice guy, yeah. you know, a really, really good dude. Um, just a just a lot of like good guys you know that's the thing it's like they're normal dudes they're just yeah. everyone's just you know um just a lot of nice good people and and you got to think like for them they have so much pressure they're working so hard um and a lot of a lot of guys i mean are normal like i have like these self-doubts you probably have thought like they're the same yeah. way like yeah. they have all this pressure and all this stuff like they need to be built up to them they need to be supported and they need to be helped and um so yeah, just a lot of good people, a lot of That's good people. Awesome. So after that, like you're, you made a transition and to what you do now. And so, so first off, like what made you, I mean, leave the NFL, what really made you think like, Hey, I, I, I have a different chapter now and this is what I want to do. Yeah. So I, I got my master's in performance psychology. Again, this was like a selfish thing. Like it was, it was selfish. Um, why did I do it? I, I felt like, um, I'm a much different person right now than I was, um, when I was in Merrimack, when I was in high school, like sometimes people, I just like, I'm a weird, I'm kind of weird. I'm just like, I just want to keep moving forward. Um, but I'm a much different person in terms of like mindset, um, thought process. Like, it's funny. Some people are like, Oh, he's like a positive coach, like a happy coach. And I'm like, if you met me back in the day, like that was not me at all. I mean, I was getting in fights. I was like angry. Everyone thought I was like this mean person, like really angry. Um, and a lot of it just came to like my thoughts and my mindset. And um, just like I wanted to study strength and conditioning because I wanted to get better. I wanted to study performance psychology because I'm like, I want to get better. Like, how can I improve as a person? Um, and I felt like studying the performance psychology literally like changed my life, like changed the way I thought. 
changed my confidence, changed like the way that you can think and the way you can influence things. I felt like it changed everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to share this. Like, I need to like tell people about this. This is amazing. Um, and one of our assignments was like making a mental skills toolbox. Um, and you had to make this a mental skills, literally a mental skills toolbox. Like what tools can I use to help improve myself? Um, and I made that and then made it into like a class. And I literally started going around, hey, can I, can I teach you guys this? Like, hey, my name is Jane. And this is before I was in the NFL. So I'm just going around like, hey, let me teach your, I went to a gold gym and I'm like, let me talk to all of your, um, you know, staff about this. And, and um, I'm like, this is going to make people better. Like, I'm telling you, this will get you better. And then I ended up going to New York right after that. So then people are calling like, oh, you're in New York. Oh, you coach in New York now? Like, let's talk listen. to you now. And I'm like, you didn't want to talk to me two weeks ago. Like, why do you want to talk to me now? You know, it's the same material. I haven't learned anything new. Um, so, and that started before I got into the NFL, like this thought process of um, I want to help people. Um, and, and in reality, so if you talk to my uncle out in Arizona, he actually had a huge influence too. So you talk about like talking to people. So before I started my internships, I went out to Arizona for New Year's um, to spend like the week with him. Now he's my dad um brother and um not to get into like too much of that dynamic um but i was spending the week with him and i was just like i needed advice i'm like how did you become like who you are you know you've got a basketball court you live you got a house at the bottom of camelback mountain like how did you get here you know and and uh he told me so when he left for college he went away and then he moved to hawaii he moved to hawaii he got his master's in hawaii um and he's like you have to move away and this was, this was in like December before anything. Um, I was still in college and he's like, you have to move away. I'm like, why? And he's like, um, in order to find yourself, like you need to figure out who you are. You need to move into a new city, new people, people that don't know you, people that don't have any like perceptions of you or think anything of you. And you need to establish yourself of who you want to be, how you want to become it. And you need to figure it out. Like you just need to move yourself and figure it out. So that was just in the back of my head. So when this Louisiana opportunity came up, I was like, damn, I was like, is this what, is this what Rob was talking about? I'm like, Louisiana, I don't even know where Louisiana is on a map. Me neither. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't going to school. Like I didn't study hard. I literally like didn't put effort into like anything growing up. I didn't practice sports. I didn't like go home and hit the baseball. I didn't like, I didn't <laughs> do anything. I did. I literally didn't. And, and looking back, I think like, it's like one of the things I wish I could tell myself is like, just do more, like work harder, like try more. Like I didn't try because I just assumed people are either good or they're not good. And if I'm not good at baseball, it's because I'm not good at baseball. It's not because I'm, I need to practice. It's like, you're just not good at that. So I'm not going to try it. Um, and the same with school. I didn't study. I didn't try hard. I didn't do really anything. Um, so when that opportunity came and I'm like, maybe this is why I need to move. And that's why I didn't know where Louisiana was because I didn't pay attention to school. So I'm like, where, where's Louisiana? All I know, I know about swamp people and like water boys. Those are like the only two things I know from Louisiana. <laughs> so I was just like, hey, maybe this is the opportunity and um, I have to go figure it out. And, and that's what I did. And, and that advice really stuck with me um, to move away and take a leap of faith, really. I, I had a Jetta. I had a little st white standard Jetta. I filled up my Jetta with as much as I could and drove to Louisiana. Like that was like, just like, all right, bye. Like gotta go figure it out. Didn't have an apartment. There was no like found an apartment in the newspaper and called when I was there. I was staying at a hotel on, on campus 
and like didn't have a place to live. I just had my car full of stuff. I'm like, I hope no one breaks into my car. And <laughs> so it's like, that's the type of stuff that, uh, like I didn't have it figured out. I had no idea what I was doing. You just got to do it, you know? Um, so yeah, those are the kind of, the, I don't, again, I don't know how we got here. I don't know what. Yeah. The, so I've been talking more so about the career now. So the, the career yeah. shifted and when did you pretty much make it into a business and when did you like, how did that really cultivate? So, oh yeah. So my uncle, so my original goal was to open my own gym eventually. Like, Hey, I want to open a gym, but again, like your goals pivot and change. Yeah. And once I got into it, I'm like, I don't want to open a gym. Like, that's not what I want to do. I love performance psychology. I love mindset. I love, um, like I, I was in sports science, so we didn't even talk about that in the NFL. I transitioned into sports science. I wasn't necessarily in the weight room as much. It was more, um, tracking and data and, um, communication. Really. I had to communicate through the athletic training room, the head coach, the, like the strength in it, like. So it was just a completely different facet. Um, and I found that, you know, I, I created that before I went to the NFL, I created this kind of business model of like mental performance, mental skills, um, leadership development. Um, and then when, when I talked to Paige, so I started talking to Paige and she was at a conference. Um, and Paige and I met when we were in high school. It's really funny. Um, she went to high school with one of my best friends. I have like four friends. Yeah. She went to high school with him. Um, <clears throat> and I went I was at Merrimack. He was the year behind me because uh, he PG'd a year. I went to his graduation party at Paige's house when we were in high school. And I can remember, oh, this is crazy. I like, I'm there. They went to a prep school. I didn't. So I'm like a guy with a jug of water wearing baggy shorts. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not a prep school guy. So I, I can remember her. He gave me his polo hat and he's like, wear this hat. Like, <laughs> you'll fit in better. So I can wear like a polo hat. <laughs> And I wanted so badly to like meet Paige and like all I knew, I had like a little crush on Paige and like, she's the only girl I knew from, from Gov. Um, and it's just funny. Cause like throughout the years, like whenever we would talk, I'd be like, Oh, how's Paige doing? Like, I don't know. I have no idea how I, I don't know how, like whatever. Um, so regardless, somehow we reconnect Herb and Paige at an event, they connect and they call me cause she's like, how's your friend Jamie doing? And, and I was in camp, I was in my office. So they call me at like 10, 10 o'clock at night, 10.30 at night, and I'm in my office and they FaceTime me. So I'm like, I'm literally like in my office and we're FaceTiming and talking and they're at an event at Tia's or something. Um, and we start talking and then I text her back. I'm like, give Paige my number. Like, Let's go. So <laughs> don't hit me up. Um, and this is really funny. So I asked him the next day, I'm like, hey, uh, I'm, I need, you know, he's in business. I'm like, hey, I don't know anything about business. I know nothing about real estate. I'm an idiot. I rented all these years in the NFL. I rented, I never bought anything. Like I just didn't know anything. I'm like, Hey, I need a financial advisor. I need someone to like, tell me what to do. I have no idea what I'm doing. Can someone please help me? I didn't grow up. Like we didn't, I didn't learn about this stuff. And he's like, ask Paige. She might know somebody. I didn't know Paige was a financial advisor. She thinks I'm like, I swear to God, I didn't know. I'm like, Hey, I need a financial advisor. Can you help me out? Um, and then we just like that just started. Just, we just took off. Um, talking all the time and she was the one that opened my eyes to the business opportunity so she was like they were at a conference and this um this guy was speaking who played in the nfl um you know backup quarterback you know whatever but he's speaking at this huge conference and she's like like you can do this like you know what is this and then she kind of asked me about a little bit more about my history and i told her about the business i had created but never really it wasn't an llc it was kind of like a side hustle like delivering yeah. newspapers i'm like trying to get a few extra bucks like you're only talking <laughs> to people you know and uh, she's like, you can really make this into something. And um, 
and that's where just it started it and then um and she kind of gave me the confidence of to be like you can get out of this like you don't have to do that you have options and to me i was like this is my life now you know like no matter what not in a bad way just this is what it is like am i gonna meet somebody am i not am i gonna am i gonna be able to commit and and develop a relationship or am i too busy with work like you know because i did burn through relationships like that, yeah. that happens you know it happens i was so busy working i didn't care about what else, else you know focus. anything else yeah like yeah. i wasn't i wasn't investing in the relationship um and and i knew it wasn't a great environment for a family um i knew that it's stressful on families i knew that it's hard you know if your kid's playing football on saturdays like you're not there you know <laughs> you're on sunday i'm working like you know it's like so it's just a different environment. And she really helped me open my eyes to like, you can do more. And, and, and in Cleveland, I started networking more and started using like, I'm an NFL coach. It's at, you know, NFL.com. That's my email. And um, you start networking with people and start building a network and start, um, you know, kind of showing. And that's probably the hardest thing for me is like marketing and talking and being like, you want, you want to work with me. This is why it's like, that's hard for me. That's very challenging for me. Um, and Paige, Paige helps me do that. And really she got this whole thing started and showed me like, you have options in your life. You don't have to do this. Um, so yeah, that was a huge, again, like when you say, what did you take from each place? Like your focus changes, you know, like, so yeah. for me, when I was in Cleveland, like it's not, I didn't want out and I didn't want to leave. I wanted to win. I wanted to do a lot of things. Um, but my focus almost shifted to like, what's the next chapter? Am I going to sign another contract? And then in two more years be in the same position? Am I gonna take a job out in LA? And then in two years be in the same position? Like, what am I doing? Am I gonna stay here? Am I gonna climb to the next level? Am I gonna, what am I gonna do with my life? So um, so yeah, it was definitely a change in focus and a change in like, who am I? What do I wanna do? What are my goals? Um, and again, my original focus back in the day was to open a gym. So I knew I wanted to do something with my NFL career. I wanna go, I need to get to the NFL and then I need to do something with it. Um, and I think that was um, that seed I planted a long time ago. And then this helped it come to fruition, you know, how she helps pull it all together and, and teach me really what I can do. And so for people that are listening in well, afterwards, um, so you've been this now for a, a few years, right? At this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like what, so people that are interested, what do you do? Like, well, like if I'm a owner yeah. of a, a brokerage or any type of platform, any a owner of something, what can you provide to the uh, staff? So my, my kind of punchline is yeah. <clears throat> bring the, bring the NFL mindset to your business. And, and what it is, it's, um, it's mental skills and leadership development. It's all about self-awareness, self-aware teams. If you follow the Harvard business review, self-aware teams outperform other teams, the more self-aware you are and um, the more control you have over your mind and your thoughts, the more successful you're going to be. So what do I do? I work with leaders um, within their team and, and hopefully it's like trickle down effect, work with the leader, to improve their leadership ability because people, leaders aren't born, they're made, right? I don't know if you've ever heard that leaders aren't born, they're made. So not everyone's a great leader, but you can become one. If you learn these traits and these skills and you do these things, you can become a great leader. Um, and a lot of it has to do with just like that NFL. So I took it for granted, the work ethic, the hours, the attention to detail, the, the amount of effort that goes into an NFL week preparing for a game <clears throat> is unbelievable. And if you can take even a quarter of that and apply it to your business, um, I mean, look at you guys. Look what you guys are doing. Like, Billions. Sean has beyond the NFL mind. You know what I mean? Like, you guys as a group, the amount of focus and attention and hard work 
it's like that. That's what it looks like. And if you can bring that to your team and you can teach your team um, how to focus and think like that um, and how to take opportunity. I, I, one of the questions we talked about was, you know, what's your biggest failure, I think. Was that one of the uh, that's yeah. good questions? And, and I'm like, this is going to come off as fluffy and as like fake. Um, I was literally thinking and I told Paige, I'm like, I don't know what failures I've had. Like I've failed. I've sent out millions of resumes. I've interviewed. I haven't gotten jobs. I've done this. I've done that. But to me, I'm like, it got me to where I am and it was an opportunity to learn. So I'm like, no matter what I'm doing, like you're taking something from it. And I think it's a lot of your focus of being like, Oh, I failed. Like this happened. I didn't get this job. And I'm like, well, no, I ended up getting this other job, which worked out great. And I always try to tell people like whatever decision you make, it's the right decision because you're going to make it right. Like no matter what decision you make, you're going to make it right. Yeah. And if you're I, living in the past, then it's like, you're just killing yourself. Like move on, you know, you got to keep going. So it was really challenging to be like, what's my biggest guy. I'm like, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't, I'm sure I'm failed, but I try to learn a lot. So I'm like, I don't know. That was a tough one. I want to touch base on that. I, I think that's a, a very good thing because I feel like this day and age, a lot of people, it's the mindset. Like I could have failed at, like, I mean, I look back at my, man, I'm not like anything big yet, but like all the things that I failed at led me to where I am now. So it's like, mm -hmm. well, if I didn't have those failures and I wouldn't have what I am now. So it's like, how is that really a failure? And I, I do agree with that a lot. I think, and it's also your mindset. If you're a negative mind, like a negative, 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 well, you're going to be just be a negative person. If you can say, Hey, this happened in my life, you know, what can I take from this? What can I learn from this? What things do I actually want? And then you grow and you grow. So you're a better person from it. And then the next thing, whether it's a job or a girl, whatever it is in, in your life, you'll, you'll just be a better person. You have a better mindset going into that and things will end up working. I think everything works out the way it's supposed to. <clears throat> and you'll realize once you get there, but before you get there, it's like, you have to shift your mind into this like positive mindset. Like, Hey, took this, this, and this, let's take it to the next chapter. So and, and every decision seems like it's the biggest decision of your life. Yeah. But you're going to make it right. Like whatever it is, you're going to make it right. Um, and I, I like how you said how it applies to everything in life, whether it's work, girls, fitness, diet, like anything you want, anything. it all applies. It, everything applies. So a lot of times when I'm talking with teens and groups, I'm talking about like, how can you apply this at home? How can you apply this in the office? How can you apply this in your relationship? How can you apply this in the gym? Cause they're like, it's not just one aspect of life. It's all aspects of life. Um, you have to be able to lead yourself before you can lead others. And if your life's a mess, like you're not leading yourself, lead yourself first, you know? Um, so yeah, that's a, a lot of good stuff. So I, I might as well keep asking those type of questions. So like, I mean, you, you talked about that one. What's thing you, you know, what's one thing you wish you'd known before you began your career? Like I just said, anything to do with financial like fitness or like a real estate um knew nothing about any of that stuff and i still don't i still don't know anything i know this much if i knew anything about like if you buy this home and, it, and you know like any of that stuff yeah. i knew nothing about it um and i wish i knew more about financial just finances how to manage money how to invest money what to do with money um, how to make smart decisions, you know, I, and like my, my money management is frugal. Don't spend it ready. Here's how you manage your money. It. Don't do anything with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> stuff in a pillow. That's my money management. Right. Um, so it's like, how do you, yeah, put it under your bed. Don't spend it. That's the, how you manage your money. Um, and so for me, just like learning about that stuff and learning, um, 
I think that I wish I knew those things like going in. And I think that's something that um, needs to be part of education. Like that should be a prerequisite. Like, um, you know, you have all these weird like English writing 101. I'm like, it should be about financial stuff. Like every college, if you go to school or high school even, you should have classes on this stuff. It should be the basic, like what are taxes? How do you pay taxes? How's this? How's that? Like, yeah. That stuff should be a part of just, a, even in just entry level bare minimum, yeah. like everyone should have some type of idea about that stuff. I feel like they don't teach it. And that's stuff that I really wish I knew about. And maybe they did teach it. And I wasn't paying attention. There's a chance that happened too. Um, but that's stuff I really wish I knew more about um, going into my like career. Cause I, I mean, I had like the work ethic. I had the focus. I had the determination. Like I didn't need any of that. That was, something that I just had in my head where I was just like, you can't not you, there's no option. No, you have to do it. Yeah. Um, you, whatever it takes and don't talk to anybody because you'll be embarrassed if you fail, <laughs> just keep going. And then when you made it, you can be like, Hey, I did it, you know? Um, so that I, that was something I definitely wish I knew more about. And uh, what advice would you give somebody wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Um, so, I mean, there's like two types of careers. There's like the NFL coaching career. And then there's like the, your own business coaching career. Um, and I think the biggest thing, a lot of people will reach out to me and be like, Hey, how can I do what you do? And I'm like, and this is what I say. I'm like, you have to do something first. Like you can't like, <laughs> think about it. if I'm like, you have to do something, you have to do something to say like, this is what I did. Let me teach you how, cause it's like, if I just came and knocked on your door and was like, Hey, let me talk to your team. I'm going to help you guys. And you're going to be like, how are you going to help me? And I'm going to be like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you by this. Like, what have you done? Like you haven't done anything here, you know, and it's not to be, uh, and it's not to like degrade or like push people away, but I'm like, you have to like do something. And then you have, you have stuff in your back. Like you have a backpack full of stuff that you did. Like I, I did this, this is, I can now teach you how I did it and I can give you advice on how I did it. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I mean, still, I don't think much of like the NFL and coaching. I'm not like, Oh, I, I did it. Um, but it is, it is a, it is a cool thing I did. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I have to like, remember like, what did I do to get there? And it's not normal. Not everyone does the stuff that I did. So it's like, that's why you have to share it with people. And, and we become numb to ourselves. Like Sean probably doesn't think a billion's big. He's like, yeah, whatever. No, I'm not just being funny, but no, it's, it, 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 his goals are just, it, it's keep, it's keep yeah. going. It's, it's keep relative. Going. It's relative. When you do yeah. something, that becomes your new normal. And now that's not big to you anymore. So you need to do something else. And everything is relative. So your goals and your mission and your why, it's forever changing. Um, and I think that's important. Um, but you have to do it. You have to do something in order to share it with other people. And um, But we do become numb. And you have to remind yourself, like, what we just did is awesome. Like, we're a beast. You know, you have to remind yourself that. Um, in order to think you have confidence to then share it with people. So that's, that's a, definitely a big one. So uh, who is the most influential person, you know? Um, this is a, another tough question. Um, so if I look at my life and who influenced me the most um, and who, you know, helped me and guided me. So like recently, in recent years, um, Paige by far has been one of the most influential people on me. So I'm not like on social media. I'm not like a, I'm not like a groupie person. I don't like follow anybody. I'm not like, I follow this person and I yeah. love this person. Like, <laughs> I don't have any influencers. And I think that was a downfall of mine was where I didn't really follow anybody. I was just like doing my own thing, trying to figure it out on myself. And I think that was a knock of mine. 
Um, so I really didn't have like someone who influenced me. Now, like Coach Coughlin influenced me a lot. Um, taught, learned a lot from him. Paige helped me a ton. My mom, I literally talked to my mom like every single day. Um, I don't even know how long, but like we talked for every day, like daily. Um, and she was a huge influence on me on like decision-making and, and where should I go here? Negotiating, like negotiating contracts. Like how do you, I'm not a negotiating contract. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, do you know, to say this or do that. So like working with her, um, huge influence on me, helps me out a ton. Um, I think those, I mean, and then just, those are probably the biggest influences I had in my life. Um, but in terms of like learning and uh, like we feel, you feel good when you learn. You feel good when you expand your mind and you take on new things. And I think that was probably one of the biggest things um, when I met Paige was like, I just, I was so naive and not smart in a lot of areas. I was good at like coaching. I was good at this. <laughs> I knew a lot about performance psychology, um, but I had no idea about a lot of other things in life of just like normal, like life. Like how do you live life and how do you be successful? How do you retire? How do you do these things? Um, and I think huge influence on me and just how I live and how I do things, you know? take the same work ethic and like patterns and 5am and you take all that stuff and then blend it with like smart decision making. Yeah. And it's just like a recipe for success. So I think that to me was a huge, huge influence for sure. And so like, what, what are you excited about now? Like the future and, and just life in general? Um, so what am I excited about now? I'm just excited about life. I mean, it's like, it's as like, as kind of dumb as it sounds like, so, all right, we live in Charlestown, you know, what, what's next? What's next on the chapter? Where are we going to go? Are we going to build a house? Are we going to buy a house? Are we going to, what are we going to do? Where are we going to be? Um, and then just like developing business and just growing. And um, I just get excited about that stuff and like, and like learning. So reading more about winning with people and um, how to interact with people and about relationship building. And because again, it's like, you can learn all these things, but then you become, you get into a habit and yeah. you create a routine. And it's like, you have to break that routine and it's just forever evolving. Um, I just was texting with one of the coaches. Um, he coaches for the Rays. And I sent him this podcast, uh, this Ed, Ed Milet. Is that how do you say his name? Wait, what? Ed Milet? Ed, Ed Milet. Do you, know, do, do you know how to say his name? I don't know. He's, he does some really good interviews, really good podcasts. And I, um, I sent it to him and I'm like, wow, this is a really good, like there's a lot of good stuff in there. And one of the things he talked about was they did, they do these experiments. He, the guy who was interviewing was a, like a neuroscientist and um, they were doing these, this is what I listen to when I work out. <laughs> you, want to talk about a, you want to talk about a sicko. I, work, I listen to these like interviews with neuroscientists and they talk about neurotransmitters and all this stuff. And this is what, like the science of the brain. Um, and he was talking about this one study they did where these mice, they're in like a tunnel and there's food at the end and they have to push each other to get to the other end. And whichever mice wins, in repeated studies is more likely to win again. So you win, you're more likely to win again. You lose, you're more likely to lose. And they said, and they talked about, they started studying the, the brains of the mice and the hormones released and all this stuff. And they said that the center associated with anxiety and stress was more active in the mice that won than the mice that lost. And there's a correlation between step forward. I just posted it the other day, I put a thing, I think it was like take more steps forward or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. More steps forward literally it was there was a correlation between more steps forward per, per unit time and anxiety like and and the the guy the, the researcher is talking about like stress is good anxiety is good we're constantly trying to get into this space where we're like calm and relaxed and it's like if you're calm and relaxed you're not doing shit 
right? Like, yeah, if you're, you do, you're too comfortable. If you do anything, you feel uncomfortable. If you, you run, feel you feel uncomfortable. If you go do an interview, you feel uncomfortable. If you go do something, you're uncomfortable. And in order to be uncomfortable, that means you're growing. Um, and, they, and they said that they associated anxiety with the successful mice. So I'm like, everyone has this anxiety, anxiety. It's such a bad, and I'm like, no, I'm like, that's normal. That's good. Like, that means you're doing something. Now, if you get anxiety because I, I don't even want to get too deep into it, but yeah, I don't want to get too deep. But yeah, 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 I get it's good. I'm like, it's your mindset. Like, is this good or bad? Am I, am I nervous? Do I have butterflies? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's good. So it's like, yeah. it was just really interesting. So that's the stuff that excites me now. My, mouse studies so if you have anxiety um, it's a good thing no i'm being funny but no it's just and also with the mindset so it's like hey take this anxiety hey like you're excited about something it's like it's going to push you to want to succeed like you probably had anxiety when going to louisiana you have no clue where you are oh you didn't even have an apartment stuff in the car you had anxiety but that anxiety pushed you to be like hey i have to succeed there's there's no i can't fail like there's just no chance here and yeah, driving, push. driving to New York in December during a snowstorm with MapQuest, you talk about anxiety, <laughs> anxiety. you talk about not knowing where you're going. Like, I'm like, I'm going to get lost in New York. I'm not going to find my way home. Like, I have no idea how I'm going to get home. So and you found your way home and, and, and it just, it led you to success. So it's, it's, it, I, I do get that. I do agree with that a ton. So yeah. now comes the hot seat question. So I've changed right. these every, every um, interview. I'm trying to get better at them, but all right. First off is hot or cold showers. Hot shower. I, try i do want to push he talked about in the podcast he talked about cold showers and because he talked about ways you can put your body in stressful environments and then learn how to deal with stress better he talks about different breathing techniques he talked about all this stuff but cold showers was one of them he's like if you go in ice cold and i mean i took ice baths for years um but he's like if you get in a cold shower and your body's like under stress how do you deal with it and then that helps you get more comfortable in a stressful environment like it's it's really cool i mean i'm gonna listen to that after this i'll send it to you i love that stuff so um, how do you like your steak? This is a funny one. Rare plus. Ooh. Ooh, not even, it's not even a real category. So sometimes rare is like, I don't want the fat to be like gritty in my, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I want it to be cooked, but medium rare sometimes is too much. So I get, I ask for rare plus in between rare and medium rare. Wow, that's a, that's and sometimes funny. they look at me like, they're like, that's not a real temperature. And I'm like, figure it out. That's fine. <laughs> I'm a medium well guy. I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. Medium well? The thing's oh, man. Just cooked all the way through. My, everyone, learned, everyone makes fun of me. You um, learn a lot about a guy. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> What's the last song you listened to? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I was listening to, I had this morning, um, it was like uh, the Mint or whatever it is. It's like the dance, it's like kind of dance club music. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't know. Just, I, play, I put on random playlists. Sometimes I don't know what to listen to. I'm like, I don't know what it's to like put on. Still- so a benefit of the NFL, you always have the newest music. Everyone, you always have the best newest music because all the players and like the DJs that they're getting. So like you already, so right now I feel so disconnected to music. I don't know any new music. I just put on, I'll go to Spotify and put on like new playlists, like top 25. And I just try to stay connected with the youth. there's all this crazy stuff out now uh are you a fan of nickelback (laughs) (laughs) huge question here if nickel (laughs) am i a fan no am i a hater no do i love the nickelback jokes love them love the nickelback jokes but i'm not a fan if it comes on depend i'm probably hitting next but i'm not like uh i'm not a hater i'm not gonna hate on (laughs) I, i i definitely don't I think the funniest one was when like COVID first happened and they showed like an empty music hall. It was like <laughs> Nickelback didn't know there was a pandemic or something. Like, Always getting jokes. 
that's how I got out of the question. I was at a barbecue. It was very small, like everyone's six feet apart and stuff. And my, my brother's best friend put on, a, put on Nickelback. And I'm, I'm loving it. He's loving it. Everyone's like, take it off, take it off. And I'm like, that day, I'm like, why do people hate them? They have so many top hits. Like, just like yeah. this. Yeah, this is the funniest thing. Um, favorite pizza place? Mm. If you got to get a slice right now, even though it's probably you know, really cold outside, like, where, where, where's your favorite slice? Favorite place? I'm going, I'm going to, if I'm in Boston, I'm going to Ernesto's. If I'm, up, if I'm up in Salisbury, I'm going to Tripoli's on the beach. Oh, two very good picks. Very, very good. Those are my two go-to. Ernesto's. Hands Love down, Ernesto's, the crazy slice. slices. It's the best. Uh, or I'd go get beach pizza for sure. Oh, it's good choices. If you, haven't, if you haven't had beach pizza, go get some beach pizza. Very good. Salt very, very good place. Um, favorite drink? Like if you're out and like, you, you know, on a date with Paige and like, what's your, what's your go-to drink? Oh, again, the weather. Weather's a big impact. Yeah, summertime, weather. summertime, I'm doing, um, I'm getting tequila soda with like an orange slice or a lime or something like that. Just straight tequila soda. Um, sometimes in the winter I'll get, I'll get some wine. Um, Classic. if it's, if it's, if it's around derby season, I'm getting them in julep. Like yep. if it's early springtime, I'm going to, sometimes I'll get, uh, some type of old fashioned or bourbon in the winter. It really, the weather is. Yeah, big, no, that, that's a very, that's good. A good point on that one. But those um, are my wheelhouse. I'm always getting those. Like those. Tequila, you know, similar drinks. Yeah, similar, similar, similar game. Um, yeah. favorite movie. Mm. Just a little. I'm a big Leonardo fan. Oh, I love him. Love, love him. Leo. Love Leo. Love I've him. actually been craving Leo. I'm like, I need to watch either Wolf of Wall Street. Oh. Love Wolf of Wall Street. Like, what are my favorite movies? He mindset, should have won the Oscar. He should have won the Oscar. The mindset, like his mindset of like, not all the oh. mindsets, but his mindset, not the loot, everything about his mindset about business and stuff. I'm just like, it gets me fired up. Um, obviously, Goodfellas is a classic. Love Goodfellas. Um, love Leo. Like, oh. Gangs of New York. I mean, any, any movie with Leo, I, I really like. Um, but if I'm going comedy, this is a hidden gem, Kicking and Screaming. Oh, my God. I love that movie. Oh, Will Ferrell crushes it. The Espresso. Any, any old school. Yeah, any old school Will Ferrell. Old school, uh, Kicking and Screaming, Wedding Crash. Like, I just love oh. um, love those guys. Yeah, so that's, that's a tough one, too. Yeah, a, I think Leo. Right now, I'm in a Leo mood. I, I could watch some Leo right now. I could watch Wolf of Wall Street every week. He's just so, I mean, like to me, Jordan Belfort's life was incredible. Like that's unbelievable and how he survived it. Now, now he's very successful since it's just like, dude, like the mindset, just let's keep going. How far can we take this? Even when he was the most successful point in his career. uh, And then he's like, Jordan just quit. Like, it's okay. Like walk away from this. No, 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 I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. leaving. (laughs) And it's just that, that's just like, Oh, love to meet that person. I love it. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I had a blast. I'm